Let's sit. Let's learn. Let's evolve. Let's talk. No more whispering in our minds. Today is Let's Talk Arts with your host, Rachel Sarah. Hello and welcome to another week of Let's Talk the Arts. I'm your host, Rachel Sarah. And to begin, I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands on which we are broadcasting uh, and pay my respects to elders past and present and to my elders and all mob listening today. Now, this week on Let's Talk the Arts, we're talking to one year and Calcadoon artist and creative consultant, Keisha Leon. Keisha is the heart and soul behind Leon Design, a First Nations-owned and operated creative consultancy that offers everything from conceptual design to visual communication to bring ideas to life. In today's chat, we are going to talk in detail about how Keisha is shaking things up and redefining and redesigning what it means to run a creative studio. Now, I am particularly excited to jump in today's chat with Keisha. Keisha, for reference, is a good friend of mine and also often a sounding board. And I think this chat will be so valuable to a lot of people who are looking to navigate their creative uh, industry and career through, I guess, the transition from working for someone to working for yourself. So hello, Keisha. How are you? Hello. Good. Thank you. That's good. So I'm excited to get (laughs) into this chat, but to begin, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, who your mob is and where you grew up? Yeah, sure. I'm Keisha Leon. I'm Wanyi Calcadoon woman. Um, so I grew up on country Calcadoon in Mount Isa um, and lived there probably until primary school and then moved over to Yui, Mackay um, and went to high school there and then, yeah, down here to me engine. Yeah, deadly. Now, we have had a similar career up until this point we are seeing some departures from each other which I think will be a really great conversation to have but tell us a little bit about your upbringing and your education and how you kind of got to creating Leon Design. Yeah I think I always wanted to get into design from a pretty young age Um, and I was always really interested in kind of like conceptual ideas and like big picture thinking um, and really creative so I went into, I think we both went to QCA. Yes. Yes, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I went to QCA (laughs) and did design there. And I was really fortunate enough to get a cadetship with the State Library of Queensland um, working in Kuraldagan. There was mob there. And that that was my starting point as a junior designer. And I think at the time, because I guess now like design, the design industry um, and the creative industries it's more kind of diverse in terms of like the directions you can go back then, which is like what, 15 years ago or something. Um, back no, then, we're not that old, Keisha. <laughs> back then it was just, I didn't even realize that like what I did at Cruel Dargan and was doing as, as freelance from that point on outside my full-time jobs wasn't even an option for me yeah. at all. I didn't know of any Indigenous run agencies or design studios at the time nor did anyone really like tell me to kind of look into that um so and at I, this point were you working full-time outside of the design yeah industry? I was work, uh, no I was working after Cruel Dargan I w- worked at a publishing company mm-hmm. um and then I worked in a retail um in-house designer and then I worked for an indigenous run agency so but 
on the side freelance the whole time I was doing like work for mob. I was doing work for a lot of like Indigenous run health and social kind of organisations and charities and doing work for the State Library. I was doing all the stuff that I probably like and doing on a smaller scale now. Yeah. Um, but I just didn't realise that I could have done that for myself from inception. Yeah. 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 So my origin story was really funny actually. I went to see a psychic one time and I was like, I'm going <laughs> to... Of course you did. I know. <laughs> Anyone who knows me knows I'm super into that stuff. And I w- was talking to her and I was like, I really want to run my own business. She's like, oh, you will, you will. But you are going to work for some Indigenous agencies and in that process you're going to learn what you like about how mm. that functions and what you don't like. So I can imagine, did you have similar experiences leading into the, I guess, the opening of Leon Designs? Yeah, definitely. I think... I was kind of, I guess, pushed into doing, working for myself, which I'm really grateful for now um, and kind of sinking (laughs) and then swimming. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I definitely, I think over the period of working for people and learning a lot of lessons there, I've definitely always been in the same like idea of like wanting to kind of not so much do things my way, but seeing the better way to do things or, or kind of wanting to pave my own way of doing things and and explore that because I think in when you're working for someone and you're especially in the creative industries you lose a lot of that kind of direction and you don't get to explore your own like identity or creativity through other people so it's like a big learning curve and I think we can both attest to like how crazy it is and how like the ups and downs are massive but like the learning curve and the outcome and moving forward is is so much more like liberating as well. Yeah. I guess also because I guess coming from a family where we didn't have so much like in terms of like owning businesses and that kind of um, intergenerational knowledge and that and expectation mm. and, and, and just coming from kind of like that working class family, it's just, it's also, I didn't expect that of myself as well yeah, so yeah. um I think having the ownership well not the ownership but the autonomy to kind of do what you feel is like the right thing to do and also being able to kind of liberate yourself in that sense of like yeah. ownership of your like creative work and yeah um lifestyle choices and the direction even dealing with the clients that you get to work with you aren't forced into working for a client that you don't believe yeah is doing the appropriate project or direction or you know it's just for money so I think breaking free from that too is like part of the reason why I wanted to work for myself yeah yeah and I think as mob you know we are existing within systems that have been designed Mm. to oppress us and when we work for mob and within agencies there is still an element of resistance against what is considered normal and I think what we are both trying to do is redesign what that looks like. Now, for those who are listening, perhaps you may not be aware, but often when creatives work for agencies, Mm. the creative themselves don't actually own their intellectual property or their copyright. And nor are they part of the ideation phase a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to take a deep dive into that moment because one of the biggest questions I get asked often is by a lot of young mob who are 
artists or the designers and they're really wanting to step out onto their own two feet, similar to the journey that we've been on, but they're struggling to have that, I guess, that knowledge of how to, I guess, support themselves within mm-hmm. those structures. So talk to me a little bit about how you started Leon Design and what was important to create that strong foundation. Yeah, well, I was lucky with Leon Design. When I went out full-time for myself, I was already doing a lot of freelance in after hours on weekends, just like working nonstop because I did want to start building up my own projects. And yeah, so when I started Leon Design, I was lucky that I was already doing a lot of freelance work. So I was able to kind of like just build on that in clients. But it is really hard to navigate at the start because to survive, you have to get jobs and you have to make money um, to float your business so yeah it takes some time and I think it takes a lot of the lessons always learn in that like first year or so like trying to navigate your own processes um the legal side of it like Mm -hmm. IP um and contracts um and then also clients like saying yes to everyone isn't necessarily a good thing and you know if you're saying yes to bad clients or like clients that aren't right for you or you know I want too much from you in terms of you know, energy or IP or, or not paying enough, then you're not really letting away for like better people to come along and better projects to come along. So I guess like the IP particularly. Yeah. I think we both talked to um, Steph. Yeah. 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 She knows she's um, <laughs> queen of IP. <laughs> um, just to help with understanding what your rights are in that sense as well because IP is really important because when you work for someone you don't own that IP yeah it doesn't matter if you do an artwork it doesn't matter if it's like design or anything you don't own that IP you don't own yeah. you essentially forfeit your cultural IP and yeah. your like creative IP which I think is wild for you and I we have both had numerous conversations on this mm. because as creatives or designers or artists we are brought in often in the last phase of a process but what they are asking of us is is the whole project is the whole project (laughs) and so how do you navigate that personally how I guess this is one of the barriers in the industry so Mm. how are you through Leon Design and we are going to get into cause and effect shortly but how as your agency are you navigating and and I guess educating the mainstream industry yeah how I do it now I guess like it's probably similar to you it's really about like educating the client like and having really tough conversations and I think all of mob can understand how hard the conversations are with corporate organizations and charities and not-for-profits because they don't understand either at the end of the day so it's up to kind of us to set the standard and i think when you're setting the standard by not having the right contract if you're kind of going through the exploitation phase of like Mm. clients just giving you nothing for like for exposure and like Mm. you know want to own the like um, artwork or the design etc you're setting the standard for like the next person to come through and get that same thing happen to them so part of it is the risk of losing the job and you know if you're not making enough money that's a hard decision to make yeah but at the end of the day if the client isn't willing to kind of come to the The table and like respect your IP in every regard, then they're not the right client at all. Yeah, I agree. And I think this is why I was so excited about this conversation because for a lot of people, it is difficult to navigate your worth and also what value is placed on our roles. And so 
Aside from that aspect, are there any other barriers that you feel that exist within the industry that your creative agencies are looking to combat? Yeah. Do you you also have like a... (laughs) Where do I start? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, I think the creative industries and particularly, I guess, focusing on the design industry um, and agencies um, and studios, I think there is still so much work to do in those spaces. You know, they don't have, I think in like the artist space, there's a lot of diversity and more conversations and more kind of better practice, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, In the design industry, it's still very like tokenistic, you know, the unsafe spaces as well. Um, You know, agency world particularly is a pretty hard world and, you know, it's got a very like hierarchical structure to it as well. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're First Nations and you're going into agency as a young person, also going to design schools, like how is your culture even being nurtured there? How's your identity different? You know, it's a cookie cutter kind of, everyone comes out the same cookie cutter. And for a young person, that's a really hard space to navigate and you end up just doing what you're told. So it's dangerous in that sense. And I think it needs to change a lot. And it needs to be move away from that client-centric kind of like model where the client is right, the client has the money um, to like let's like vet the client and the client has to prove, you know, that they're even worth like engaging with diverse voices of any kind. So, yeah. you know, it is a privilege to have like um, First Nations people <laughs> yeah. be, be a part of a project. Yeah. So that's the kind of switch that needs to happen, I think, in a lot of, like, agencies and studios. And also, like, this is probably controversial, but I guess also the jobs that come in, like, going to certain agencies that don't necessarily have any of, like, diverse voices or First Nations mob, like, mm. they're getting the work and they yeah. don't... And then they're, like, at the end going, hey, we need a First Nations yeah. person here to, like, do the work. But they're... And then Just it's super tokenistic. Yeah. yeah. And so I think they need to take take a step back and say, hey, this is this project's not for us, but we recommend you going here. Yeah. Because there are some really good, like, um, First Nations... Um, studios and agencies out there they just have to look you know and maybe it's a collaboration or something but you know it's it has to move away from that like capitalist like money centric yeah client centric ego kind of thing and move into like more of a collective idea of how to work because i'm the same if if the job's not right for me and i'm not the right person i'll pass it on to the person who's better at it so at the end of the day it's about wanting the project to work yeah, yeah, I agree. I even posted on Instagram today that people need to decolonize more than just their marketing. I love that. <laughs> that was actually <laughs> because we we do see that very tokenistic the PR stunts to yeah, I guess black blackfish essentially it is black an audience, hundred yeah, percent. But I think that leads really uh, well into cause effect, which is who you are rebranding to. Yeah, um, it's just me, a different person. <laughs> Classic me as a Gemini too, don't worry. But (laughs) (laughs) I really want, like, talk to me about cause effect. Talk to me. I read your uh, briefing document earlier today and I was very impressed with it. But I want to know kind of that, what made you change? Yeah, well, I guess the purpose of that is to be seen as like not, I think Leon Design was was me like from the start. So Leon Design always was just me as a sole trader at the start. And now I think people have associated that with just me, whereas <laughs> I want to work with bigger groups and I yep. want to get kind of the right people involved in jobs and have bigger jobs. So it was only natural to move into a studio, um, yep. um, Cause Effect Studios. So, and I think I really wanted to kind of 
really simplify what my values are and what I want out of the design. It's like yeah. the designs that I output and the clients that I get too. So I'm, I think I'm just trying to move away from the fluff really yeah. from my old job and at my old um, business and just get to the point and just, it just be like, Take over the world. <laughs> nah, it. So you mentioned your values. Can we have a sneak peek into what your values are and how maybe your upbringing has influenced them? Yeah. Um, my values are really at the end of the day about integrity at the most like simplest form. I just want to be able to like make sure I have strong cultural integrity and also just not ever bend my morals because of a of a job or a client or an opportunity yeah um i'm really hard on that and you know i will tell the client that they're not the the appropriate person to do it like i'm happy to have that conversation yeah and so i really want a cause effect to reflect that because at the end of the day i wanted it to be like so bringing on the cause which is the client usually i work for like not-for-profits charities um you know uh any sort of initial social initiatives mm-hmm. and the effect is like at the end of the day, the people who that services and a lot of the time for the um, clients that I work for, that's mob. Yeah. So even charities and not-for-profits need to be held accountable, I think, in their marketing and, as you said, <laughs> and in their communication, mm. um, that they're not serving themselves. They're serving mob at the end of the day or they're serving um, the, the, pe- the beneficiary. Yeah. And they need to do that the right way because, yeah. you know, it can... It's not like a corporate business in, in that sense. If you're not doing it right and you're not approaching your communications or any part of your business without having like community at the center, yeah, then it's not going to work and it could potentially perpetuate further harm. Harm, yeah, yeah. I personally think cause effect is going to help a lot of per, uh, a lot of people, uh, particularly myself who has a panic attack trying to figure out is it the effect or the affect every time I need to use it in a sentence. I know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you're taking one for the team and educating us all. So I guess quickly touching on, we spoke briefly then about young people. Mm. Is there a message that you want to tell young people if they're the little quiches of the world or the little <laughs> Rachels of the world that are in the design industry? Maybe they are over at QCA now listening. I just think, like, don't ever bend on who you are and what you know is the right path for you. Mm. I don't think... I Working for people made me realise that I really don't like being told to work time. <laughs> yes. And I just don't, I just think that that's absolute BS. Like mm. you should value, if you value your staff and their time and respect who they are, like it's, it's pretty simple. You get more from Yeah, them you well. do. And I think it also if you just like involve the right people and like even work around the right people and bring them onto projects, you're going to get the right kind of results. So I yeah. guess all the best result you can possibly get. Yeah. Um, or yeah, I just think, it's just stick to your guns and like know when a place is toxic and yep. know when I mean you know it in your gut and, yeah and it's hard to follow your gut when you're young yeah. I, I wouldn't and I sometimes didn't know what you, the hell that was yeah it sounds like 20 <laughs> sometimes you don't even like trust your gut whether it's like your ego speaking or if it is yeah. your like integrity speaking you know yeah. I think that's always an interesting thing to navigate or maybe it's just you're hungry I often feel that as well yeah. in my gut but <laughs> Yeah, I think that's such valu- uh, valuable advice just for the young people to 
I think we are really seeing a shift in the industry as well yeah. with like social media platforms and TikTok in particular um, to be able to share messages and work. What are your views on social media? I know you're... I'm you, pretty silent on social media <laughs> only because I'm slack. I'm just a bit of a voyeur on there. So <laughs> um, I just think it's the same thing as business, but it's just a different audience. Yeah. Like. It's just like if you're true to yourself and, I mean, it's probably the same way you approach, like, social media. You kind of just have to go through the feelings of, like, not questioning yourself and stuff like that. And that's part of being young too. And I did that for the first two years. I was, I mean, you've heard me had full breakdowns on the phone. (laughs) It's true. I don't don't answer my phone often, but when Keisha calls... Something's wrong. Something's <laughs> wrong. <laughs> I should probably call on nice and like actually have nice conversations with you. <laughs> um, You're welcome to call me anytime, whether I answer. <laughs> I just think it's like it's sometimes. I think also being a, a like female, like Indigenous person in business, um, it's a, it's a bit isolating sometimes yeah. because there's no one like part of again not like going back to uni not knowing what pathway to take with my career because no one's doing it like yeah. we don't have like you can't people in the industry that are mob that are have paved the way because all the like a lot of these industries are not desirable like they're not safe yeah. so yeah i think it it's it's pretty t- like it's going to be tough and as anyone who works for themselves it, it's tough and yeah. you're constantly like isolated um, so in terms your of your Rachel, <laughs> in other words, <laughs> and you know, there's so many ups and downs. I think in the two, the first two years or first three years, I just found out so much about myself, and also found out a lot of things that I was doing wrong that I had essentially, I guess, picked up in mm. the industry or like thought was the right way of doing things or the process. And now, like, I'm really happy with the way I work and you know, how I approach work. Yeah. And it's what I wanted when I left. I didn't want the nine to five, like, churn and burn, like, lifestyle. Which I think is the common lifestyle or perception of a lot of agencies. If you're not working five hours over, then your work isn't valued. And do this because it's, like, going to win awards. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I agree. No one cares about awards. Like, what is it doing for, What is the impact? Yeah, what is the the impact? And it's just... There's a lot of, like, kind of, like, social masking at the moment to, like, of doing purpose-driven work because yep. a lot of people do want to do purpose-driven work because it's, like... Yeah, it's very much become a buzzword. Yeah, it, it has. But at the end of the day, are you doing that for yourself or are you doing that for, yeah. like, to create impact with design? Because at the end of the day, like, marketing plays a huge role in how, like you get like even for charities getting donations or getting support or getting yourself out there like it plays such an important role in in a lot of like in that space that it needs to be done right or else it's it's like you said before it's perpetuating harm or it's even the you know websites and and get in the um user experience all those type of things they if they're not done right um in like a critical or or in a critical kind of like social issue it could make it worse so it's really important so we're coming to the end of this yarn and i am really enjoying it to the point where i think once cause effect is birthed and in the world (laughs) and exploring the different uh i guess clients i think we're going to have to get you back 
further down the track to talk about that a bit further. But I want to know what when it comes to running a black business, mm. running a, an agency, and I know you are a um, a very proud Aboriginal woman and also a mother. Does the like does the idea of success play into your day to day task? And do you subscribe to the idea of success? Like, what is it to you? Yeah, success is such like a subjective idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think at the start and while I had Leon Design, that was really my time where success for me was just literally liberating myself. You know, um, I have addictions in my family and I didn't. Ha- my family didn't have that much money because of that. So it, for me, being able to kind of make my own money and answer to myself was probably the Empowering, biggest achievement yeah. in that um, and has really made me value what I like working for myself um but now it has to move on and um I really just want to be able to kind of like build upon people really and have the right people work on projects and explore what that kind of looks like as a virtual studio so instead of having employees just have people come in on projects and work when they want and yeah. and um, have a say. And not necessarily people in the creative industries, like with Mob, like yeah. having people in projects that actually bring have lived experiences yeah. and yeah. Have, yeah, can bring real value um, and trying to connect that. That is the ideal scenario yeah. or cause effect. And also to just still be able to like just like balance being a mom and, like, yeah. and having a lifestyle like I don't necessarily see success as having a big agency with 20, you know, plus people and, like, making heaps of money. Yeah. (laughs) That's not success for me. That just seems like a bit of a nightmare. Yeah. Like, I'm happy with what I've got now and all I want now is to make sure that the design that I put out there and that comes across my desk is done in the way that I think is right by, like, at the end of the day and and the people that it's serving. So that's my ultimate goal is to have that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in many ways, like, I remember trying to leave my full-time job. This was before the pandemic. Even working from home was such a huge barrier. It was Mm. almost like, no, you can't work from home. You've got to be in this studio working nine to five. But I think since the pandemic, we are seeing a shift on, I guess, the validity of the agencies as we know them and redefining how we are working within those spaces. So I think that's really powerful um, what you're doing and, and the example that you're setting for a lot of mob um, and also for having uh, a shoulder there for me to cry on <laughs> yeah. likewise to you. Yeah, definitely. Um, and just to finalise, uh, these last question for you. If you were sending a postcard, like future Keisha was sending a postcard... <laughs> Where would you be? Where do you want to tell, like, present Keisha where you are? What are you doing? How are you feeling? To how far away? <laughs> oh, let's go. Oh, like years. to just, yeah, like. Oh. She's on a beach in Fiji, just living <laughs> <Yeah>. it up. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, that's where work will get me. No. Um, I just want to say I'm good. Like, yeah. I actually do feel good. Like, I feel like. I'm about to have my year. Yeah. <laughs> that, that seems like a trap. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I say that now and I have the worst year ever. Um, no. I feel like 
like it's pretty cliche, but I guess like being a mom has really changed my perspective. I was very anxious about business and I kind of really held myself to like very high expectations and often like didn't meet them because I had, you know, I just wanted to be perfect and yeah. like make sure I was doing everything 100% right. But now I th- guess having a bub is just, it's just like patience and, um, <laughs> and also this just let things happen naturally. Yeah. Like don't force it and don't just let it grow and like trust your gut a lot more and don't force like creativity or don't force things to happen quicker. So I'm just happy right now to just go with it. Oh, I love that. And that's that. pretty chill, but no. um, but yeah, and just balance everything. Like, you know, both of us probably have talked a lot about like mental health and stuff as yep. well. And I'm a very anxious person, but... Ditto, we were just talking about Neurocom. <laughs> if you haven't heard about it, Google. Yeah, this is the fucking best. Oh, speak, to a, speak to a medical professional. Um, it's, yeah, so just trying to just go with the flow and also just trust that my voice is valid as well yeah. in that sense. And, like, I feel like I'm sitting better with how I approach things. I think I've found my flow. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And it is so exciting to um, watch your journey unfold. And also I'm very grateful to have you in my corner as well. And and to be able to... I think the important thing and the biggest takeaway from our yarns is that you just don't hold it all in. Seek out people who yeah. can give you some guidance and the more that we vocalise the injustices within the creative industry, the more that we can, yeah. you know, work collectively to rebuild how that looks. But Keisha, the final question now, you are rebranding to Cause Effect that will be in effect <laughs> and when? <laughs> Um, in March, hopefully. March, okay. Yeah. So currently, where can people find you online? I'm still at leondesign.co yeah. and I'm also on Instagram at leondesignco, but I don't post that often, so it's not that <laughs> exciting. When she uh, does transition to cause effect, I'm sure we will be making a big, loud noise about it. But Keisha, thank you so much for joining me today and... Yeah, I can't wait to get you back to talk more. Thanks. No more whispering in our mind. Let's talk Monday to Friday at 9am on AAA Murray Country, the National Indigenous Radio Service and iHeartRadio. You can catch up on AAA.org.au, proudly supported by the Community Broadcast Foundation.